Well, we have a few moments to share some words with you from the scripture. The, uh, the main text I'm going to use is Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20. But it's what I call the last words of Jesus. Now, I found that many people are fascinated with famous people's last words. There's actually websites devoted to this as well. If you look at famous last words or just last words of people, it's amazing what you'll find out there. So a lot of people study that, or maybe, maybe you've been one of those people who have thought about, you know, what would I put on my tombstone? It sounds kind of morbid, right? But I know, I know there's some of you out here who have thought of that, right? You know, what would I put on my tombstone? What would be the sum of my life after all this time on earth? You know, one thing about people's last words, the majority of people don't really have time to think about it. Maybe there are a few people who are being prepared to die. Maybe they've had a, a long-term illness and they've thought about it and prepared. But, but we do not know the day or the time when it, our time is done here on this earth. You know, there's been reported that many people have left this earth with their last words were very similar. After they've just, when they're about to do something dangerously stupid, they have said something like this as their last words. Hey, man, watch this. And then they proceed to do something that ends their life. There was a Confederate general who was reported to be, he was acting, or excuse me, a Union general in the Civil War who was supposed to be really brave. And he was showing his troops when they were being fired at by the enemy that, hey, I'm going to ride my horse right up in the face of the enemy. So they couldn't even hit an elephant at this distance. And then he got shot. And those were his last words. So we can't always be prepared for what's going on. There's a collection of presidents famous last words. And some of them are very poignant. Some of them were just in conversation about what was going on. Uh, Dwight Eisenhower actually had a little time to think through this, and he says, I've always loved my children. I've always loved my wife. I've always loved my grandchildren, and I've always loved my country. He had thought about that. What's the sum of his life? He talks about relationships, right? He's talking about relationships when he's at his dying hour about what was most important to him at that time. There's a very poignant, uh, a poignant last words that I was looking up today, too, and it's fitting. I think it's the 50th anniversary, unfortunately, of the passing of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. So today, 50 years ago today, is when he was violently taken from this earth. And his last public words recorded, he had done a speech earlier that day, and his last recorded words there from a public speech were, says, longevity has its place. He was talking about his, his legacy. And he wasn't very old. He says, but I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go up to the mountain, and I've looked over, and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you. Interesting, right? He didn't know it was going to happen. He says, I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. And I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. He says, mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Wow, an amazing statement from an amazing man, an amazing legacy. Now, as we turn to the words of Scripture, what I've called in Matthew 28 as the last words of Jesus, that's at least according to the Gospel of Matthew. I encourage you to go look at the other Gospel accounts in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John and how they talk about and record the events of Jesus' last days on this earth. Now, we know, obviously, that he went to heaven, but he's coming, about, he's coming back again. He was taken up to heaven, but we know that he's coming back. So 
Whereas it was the last words that Matthew recorded that Jesus said on earth, it's not going to be the last words that he ever says. Amen? And we know he speaks to us today through his Holy Spirit and is present with us today and in this body right now. And so here's some encouraging words, some guidance that Jesus gave. Now, he had time to think about it. He knew that he was going to be taken from this earth. And he said, I'm going to send my Holy Spirit to be with you, to guide you. And he wanted to make sure, though, that we were prepared and we had guidance. His disciples, when I say we, I mean we sitting in this room right now, that we had clear guidance about what to do when Jesus is gone. Now, sometimes people don't know what to do when their leader is gone. When the leader is gone or taken from them, sometimes people don't know what to do. But a good leader prepares his followers, prepares his followers for what they need to do. What action steps do they need to take later on? And so here's Jesus' mission for us. And this is what we call the Great Commission. Theologians call this the Great Commission. He is commissioning us, encouraging us, exhorting us, telling us to go and do these things. And so Matthew 28 Verse 16 says, Then the eleven disciples, there were just eleven at that time because of what happened to Judas. When the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go, and when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Now, now that's interesting that they say that some doubted. These were the eleven disciples, the ones who we look at today and say they are the holy ones who are with Jesus. And yet, even then in that context, it says they doubted. And we feel guilty when we doubt. But even then, some of the disciples doubted. And he says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority has been given to me. Therefore, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, baptizing, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Jesus knew that we were going to need some help. We're going to need some guidance to keep us going before he comes back. And the setting there was what we call the ascension. Jesus ascended up into heaven. And so this, again, is what you could consider Jesus' last formal speech on earth before going up to heaven. We don't know if it's the actual last words he said to his friends, to his disciples at that moment, but these are the things that he wanted us, he wanted to be recorded so we can remember and keep us going during this time. And so, number one, he said that he has all authority. Now, think about what is authority. When we're in school, we submit ourselves to the authority of these people called teachers, educators. Some have had a good experience with teachers, some have had not so good experience with teachers. But I would say most people have had good experience with teachers. But when you're in their classroom, they have authority over us. They can tell us what to do and when to do and how to do it. And so some people have a little trouble with authority sometimes, but that's a little bit of authority. Now, I was in the military. We had these individuals called drill sergeants. Now, some of you have, or have been in the military thinking back to your experience right now. You just had a flashback about going through basic training, right? <laughs> and so drill sergeants have what they call a total control environment. Total control. But even though it seems like total control at that time, and that is your world at that time, it's really only partial authority, and it's really only a temporary authority. You know, one of the best things that I've heard a lot of soldiers talk about when they finish basic training is that, wow, I'm out of that total control. I actually have control of when I can go to the bathroom. <laughs> you know, something very simple like that. 
that you can make your own decisions about simple things in life, but they literally tell you everything at that time and when you can do it. But it's still not total authority, but Jesus makes this outlandish claim that he has all, meaning all, total control, authority over heaven and over earth. And this something, this at the time, you can picture people that were hearing that, that could have been a shocking statement. You know, how could this man, how could this individual, even though some were starting to believe he was the son of God, have total authority? Now, sometimes we, have, we think of authority in a negative light, that we, we, we bristle at authority sometimes, or nobody's going to tell me what to do. But here, we should take the authority of Jesus as a sense of security, as a sense of comfort, that because he has authority, that means he's got our back. That means he's going to take care of us. That means we can walk into any situation and knowing that he is going to be there with us. And so when he says the next statement says, go into all the world, Jesus said that we should go, then that means we should know that he set the stage saying he has all authority, knowing he's going to be with us wherever we go, whenever we go, that when we go, we're not doing it on our own. We can speak in his name and have his authority behind us. And that's one thing that empowers us to be able to go and to be able to do that. And that's a serious command. There's a great example from our church history, our Assemblies of God, our denominational history of a missionary named Jay Tucker. This was in the 1960s. He was a missionary to what was called the Belgian Congo back then. And they were going through a lot of strife, like still a lot of countries in the world are going through today. He had been back, uh, his family had to evacuate because of a war, and they went to the States. But when he was back in the States in 1964, he says, I have to go back. God has called me to those people, regardless of the dangers, regardless of the situation. I have to be there with them. That is, those are my people. I have to go. And his friends were trying to tell him, Jay, you know, you're back in the States. It's a dangerous situation. There's plenty of other people here in the United States or other places of the world that you can reach out to and minister to. You know, God will take care of them. And he says a very, uh, very brash statement to them. He says, he says, where in the Great Commission, this passage I just read, says, where in the Great Commission did Jesus ever say to come back? says, Jesus said to go. He didn't ever say to come back. And so I have to go. I have to go back to where God has called me. And unfortunately, at least for his personal life, he was killed just a couple months later after we went back. It was a terrible situation, and he was martyred for his faith. But out of that, today they say, um, at that time there were about 5,000 known believers in Christ in that region of the country where he was. And today there's over 500,000 over 500,000 in that area right now, too, because of the witness of Jay Tucker, who had the boldness to say, I'm going to go back. Nothing's going to hold me back, regardless of the cost, because he knew that ultimately Jesus had the authority and Jesus had called him, so he was going to follow. And so it says simply, make disciples, baptize them. Now, what is baptism about? I'm not going to preach a whole sermon on that, but baptism is affirming our faith giving us confidence. We do it in a public setting so we can keep each other accountable. We are saying to the world that I'm not going back. I have made a decision for Christ. I'm going to stick with it. Others are here to keep me accountable, and I'm going to go out into the world and continue to make others disciples just as Jesus has made a disciple of me. And so we can go right here at home. The Holy Spirit is with us. We can go right here at home. We don't have to go to far reaches of the world to be able to do that. 
Sometimes we just ignore our neighbor next door. How many times in our American neighborhoods where we don't even know the names of the people next door or down the street? There are plenty of people here who need Jesus. We just need to open our eyes and be aware that there are people all around us that need Jesus. There's a, a sign I've seen a long time ago in, in church parking lot. It says, as a reminder to people as they go out to the car, it says, you're now entering the mission field. The mission field is everywhere around us, outside these doors, in our own community. And so after Jesus calls us to go, he reassures us that he is and will always be with us. And Jesus said that he would always be with us and we would never go alone. As I said already, because Jesus is stating his authority, we know that he's in control and he will take care of us in all situations. And these are words of great comfort because the task of going is also difficult. Jesus said that he will go before us and lead, it, lead the way. Sometimes he will carry us. Sometimes he will be behind us. There's something I remembered from the past that shows my age, but some of you probably watched The Little Rascals on TV and reruns. I'm not old enough to have watched the actual one, okay? But they have these things called reruns, and it's on the Internet. But there was um, uh, one of the famous phrases there, one of The Little Rascals used to say, Get thee behind me, Satan, that's taken from the Bible, and don't push. <laughs> it's like, I don't need any help getting into trouble <laughs> at all, too. But just to, it made me think about how Jesus said that I'm going to be in front of you, beside you, behind you, and sometimes even carrying you. Sometimes God has to give us a little nudge, too, right? But we want God to be nudging us, not Satan. We want God to have our back and nudging us along the way. But he says, sometimes you have to step out. You have to step out in faith. You have to go. But I'm going to be there to support you every step of the way. So these last words of Jesus, again, Jesus' last recorded words before he ascended into heaven, must remain fresh in our minds. Jesus ascended into heaven, but he is coming again. Amen? He is coming again. That we, Every time we get together and celebrate, um, that we, rem we remember that this is not all there is. And aren't you glad that this world isn't all there is? That we have a life that lasts after this life, that we have a hope beyond this, and that we are here to give people hope and life. Maybe you're here today, and you're not even sure what this whole Christian thing is all about. I'm here to tell you today that Jesus is about hope and life. If you're in a desperate situation, if you think that life is not worth living, if you think that it's all over, you're ready to throw in the towel, then I'm here to tell you that there is a better way. There is a better way to live your life. There is hope for the hurting. There is hope for the brokenhearted. There is healing for people who are broken in body and broken in spirit. There is healing for relationships that it is not over. Jesus says, trust in me. Give your hope. Give your life to me. Believe that I am the Son of God, that I died for your sins, that I sacrificed myself, that you can have life again. You can be forgiven and have a new start from no matter what you've been through. And again, baptism is that clear sign to the world that you are saying that I am forgiven, that I am starting over. And so remember that Jesus has all authority in heaven and earth. Jesus said to go, not just to stay here in our seats, but to go. And then he said, he is with us everywhere we go. He said that he would always be with us. And so remember these last words of Jesus every day as you face life. And so maybe today you need some reassurance of God's presence. Again, maybe you're here and you haven't even heard these words before. But maybe you just, maybe you've been in church for many years and you're going through a rough spot and you need reassurance that God is here, that he is here to to lift you up, to bring you out of that dark place. 
because these are words of life and hope. Maybe things have been uncertain. I encourage you and ask you to turn to God now for help and listen to his words of life. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for the power that you have given, given us, Lord, that we have your Holy Spirit here with us on earth, that this life is not all there is, Lord. Help us to live life according to your word the best we can, but ultimately, Lord, we know that we are in your hands and you have to take care of us. We can't do it on our own, that we have to give up control to you and know that you are here, Lord. For those who are hurting in body, in mind, in spirit, in attitude, we pray for your healing touch to be in their lives right now, Lord. Encourage them. Let them know that you care and that you love them and that hope is not lost. Lord, for those who don't know you, those who are still on the fence maybe, those who have maybe heard this word before and, and are not sure about committing themselves, themselves to you, I pray that they will turn their lives over to you right now. And if you're there now, just as we continue just to be in an attitude of prayer and with our heads bowed and in reverence to God, just if you're here and hearing these words and it's making sense and you know that just things aren't right in your heart and you want a new start, you want a new start in life, that you want to give your heart to Jesus today and say, Lord, help me to live a life that's pleasing to you. I just want to know so I can pray for you right now. If you want to make that decision to follow Christ today, just raise your hand right where you are. Just between you and me and God, just raise your hand right where you are. Amen. Amen. You may put your hands down. Just pray this simple prayer with me right now. And others can pray along with me if you wish to say, Lord, I'm here, a broken person. I know that and believe that you died on the cross for my sins, that you rose from the dead, and that you live today. Please forgive me for my sins. Help me to start a new life and live a life that is pleasing to you. Thank you, Lord, for taking care of me. I commit my life to you today. And if you prayed that prayer, just want you to know that, that we are with you. If you'd like to go to one of our connection centers afterwards too, one of our pastors would be glad to talk to you. And also, um, we uh, would encourage you to, um, to, uh, to let us know about that, to let us know that you made that decision to serve the Lord, to serve Christ. We, um, it's an important decision. It's an important thing. I'll be here afterwards if you wanna come up and talk to me as well. If you look at the screen there, we have a new feature, um, a new feature um, where you can text to the number up there and you can text new life and we'll be able to follow up with you and give you some resources if for some reason you didn't have time to stay around. You know, even if you didn't raise your hand tonight, if there's a decision you made recently or maybe over Easter and you haven't told somebody about it too, we want to know about it too. So just, you can just simply use your phone to text right now or later to that number, text new life. And we will make sure we connect with you and give you some resources. Again, I'll be here to be able to talk to you, connect with one of our pastors at the Connection Center. But God bless you all. Thank you so much for being here with us tonight to go forth in the power and knowledge that Jesus Christ loves you. Amen. God bless you all.